Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast presented by SeatGeek. Greetings today from chilly Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Back on the road again. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Salerson's on the road with me, helping me out today as we uh, begin a new road trip for the New Orleans Pelicans. And we begin a short week for the New Orleans Saints as they are already in preparation now for the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. Wow, here we go. You got two left. You just got to win one. You can lock up the number one seed in the NFC here this weekend against the Steelers. Uh, of course, uh, people still talking about the big win on Monday Night Football. Uh, by the way, Sean Payton's 5-2 and two on the road on Monday Night Football. That's that's pretty impressive. Not too shabby. Uh, not too shabby, uh, to say the least. Um, today we're going to talk a, a lot of football, uh, and not just Saints-Steelers. Um, a little college football thrown in there for you, too. Our featured guest is Dusty Dvorak, um, who will be on the national radio call this weekend. ESPN Radio's... Uh, taking the national radio broadcast. And so Adam Amin and Dusty Dvorak will be on the call. We're pleased to bring him back. He has already called the Saints once this year, um, and he is already in preparation for this weekend's game. So a high-energy football guy uh, here to talk a lot of football with us. He'll preview the football game, obviously. Um, I do want to ask him about his former team, the Chicago Bears, because that is absolutely on the radar screen for the New Orleans Saints and the rest of the NFC. And Dusty Dvorak is an Oklahoma Sooner. Uh, so, Daniel, it's a perfect chance for us to get a little college football semifinal preview, Sooners and Alabama. I'll be curious to see how objective he truly is with regard to that football Oklahoma game. Oklahoma by 55. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he would love that. Uh, but he's also pretty realistic. So, Dusty Dvorak, who um, you obviously maybe know him from ESPN Radio and doing the NFL but he was with Mark Jones all college football season. They were doing uh, some of the premier college football broadcasts on not only ESPN but ABC television this past fall. And he's become a daily radio talk show host too, Daniel. He's based in Oklahoma City, uh, works there for the Sports Animal, which is an ESPN radio mm-hmm. affiliate. Uh, but he does a midday talk show there, uh, he and Mark. And uh, it's, it's, a really, it's a really good show. that uh, I, I enjoy catching it when I can. Um, and he's he has jumped into this broadcast world like he did as a defensive lineman uh, in college in the NFL. Um, he doesn't have the long mane of hair anymore. He's about half the size that he was, but um, he still looks like he could play. Maybe not D-line, but he could play maybe a, a tier back on the yeah. defense. But he'll be a great guest for us today. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, obviously, you and I are getting ready for a broadcast tonight here in Milwaukee as the Pelicans take on the Bucks. Our first chance to see them, and uh, wow, what a challenge the Pelicans have in front of them, not just tonight, but this whole road trip. This is a very tough road trip. You have three teams that are currently in the playoff uh, race in Milwaukee, I think under Mike Budenholzer. You just see a difference in this team, not to take anything away um, from Jason Kidd and things like that, but you can just tell that Mike Budenholzer seems to be the right guy for the job there in Milwaukee with some of that young talent they have and Ted Akumbo playing at an MVP-like level. Then we get our first shot at LeBron James and the Lakers on Friday night. And everyone keeps waiting for the Sacramento Kings to kind of fade back to where they normally are. But they continue to play well. And their young core of De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and and guys like that. So, man, I mean, if you're not careful, this could be a really rough road trip. But it's also, I think, a chance to, if the Pelicans are healthy, to kind of see where we're at as we're approaching the halfway mark now. It wasn't too long ago I would have looked at this road trip and said, this is a winning road trip. I mean, Milwaukee will be tough. But the way the Lakers have been, and the Kings too, I thought, 
well, chance to go two and one here on the road. Well, <laughs> Lakers keep finding a way. Um, they're a little inconsistent at times, but as you mentioned, Sacramento is just rolling in there and they're doing it at home where you will end the road trip and that's on Sunday afternoon. So tonight though, Milwaukee, the Greek freak, uh, that's one of the teams that will be featured on Christmas. Um, I say the 10 Christmas teams, there's five games in the day, um, but I'm throwing the Knicks out. Right. It's just an embarrassment. I, I I know New York has to play on Christmas Day. It's the number one market, the whole nine yards. But but why? But why? I at some point enough. That market um, will still watch basketball. I'm guessing if it wasn't, they weren't in it, right? You would think. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. But. Yeah. By the way, Milwaukee plays New York. That's their yeah. Christmas Day game. So we're excited about that. Um, Julius Randall. I don't know if he'll play tonight. Yeah, I mean, that was a nasty injury. It looked like he was trying to walk off with his own power. I guess we'll know more later on tonight when we talk to head coach Alvin Gentry. But that'll be really tough if uh, we're not sure about Nico as well because they're taking their time with him. But if you don't have Randall and Nico against, I mean, your rim protection just goes away immediately. I know Nico wasn't really the best at protecting rim, but you had Randall down there that was really good. And you have the Greek freak to worry about and guys like Chris Milton who's playing out of his mind this year. So it's going to be a tough challenge, but the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is we've seen it in spurts against like the Rockets on opening night, against Toronto. Some of your big road wins have come against good teams. Detroit was a winning team, at least when we saw them. They've kind of faltered a little bit since then, but what gives me hope is that when you're playing three solid teams that maybe this is a chance for the Pelicans to kind of, I wouldn't say step up, but I would say you kind of their energy level goes up a little bit knowing that these are some good teams. Yeah, playing. I'm worried about rebounding. I really am. Um at first, it was the Davis-Miritich combo that was a great one-two punch on the glass. And then Julius, after getting into the starting lineup, he replaced Nico. And so that tandem, uh, rebounding as, as good as anybody in the league, uh, except for maybe you know Griffin and Drummond in yeah. Detroit. Um, perhaps this is a step-up opportunity for a guy like Jolly Okafor. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine if Julius Randle and, and Nikola Miritich can't go tonight, Okafor's got to get some minutes. Yeah. I, I just – He's a, he, I don't want to say he's a body, but he is. He's a big that would be available that would most likely have most likely have to play. Especially with in the Miami game, you allowed 22 offensive rebounds, and that was pretty much the difference in the game. As far as if you look at the stats between those two teams, they looked pretty much even. Even the turnovers, Pelicans only had 11, the Heat had 19. But you go back to those offensive rebounds and then second chance points. That's where Miami ended up winning this game by six points. Not only also their bench. So we talk about the bench, and I know it's depleted, but. You got outscored 58 to 20 on the bench. Someone on that bench is going to have to step up. You can't have a one for eight Darius Miller from three. Um, Shaq Diallo can't have zero points and three turnovers. Um, those are the kind of things that you're going to need from your bench because you're going to rely a lot on Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. We've seen it with their minutes played per game that they're one and two, that at some point you're going to have to have a little bit of help and maybe some a guy like Okafor can give you even five to ten minutes of just solid basketball whenever you match up against one of their bigs. Yeah. First trip to Milwaukee, isn't it, for you? I went last year. Oh, that's right. I did. You did. I got to see uh, the Bradley Center with one last hurrah. Yes, you I, did. I, I'm not going to be sad to see it go, but <laughs> I am looking forward to Fiserv Forum, which will be our both of our first visits. That's right. Normally I rely on you when I get into the arena for oh, some no. of these places to be like, where the heck do we go? And so this time we'll be learning together a little bit. But I'm excited to see it. Hopefully it's not as confusing as the Bradley Center, one of the most confusing buildings to move around ever. We were in a true radio booth in the Bradley Center. It was quite snug in there, but at least there was – it was. <laughs> we were nice enclo- way to put it. We were enclosed 
in a room, which yes. normally we're not in no. any of these other places. So I'm curious if they maybe give us a luxury suite. Mm. Uh, probably not. Probably maybe they're not. Up, we're up in the rafters. The way these radio positions are going, we might be using binoculars to call the game. Who knows? Well, we will find out together tonight. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Real Chili for everybody. Yes. If you've never been to Milwaukee, you've got to go to this place. It's called Real Chili. They've got a couple of locations. The first one I ever went to was over by Marquette because um, it's truly like a college chili joint. Uh, thankfully, we have one by our hotel as well. So, some real chili here in Milwaukee. Uh, you already know about the brats and the sausage and the cheese mm-hmm. and all that, but don't sleep on real chili if you have to find your way uh, toward Milwaukee in the future. All right, let's have a great trip. Let's see what happens with that. Let's do it. And let's have a great conversation today with Dusty Dvorak. A lot of football to be had here with Dusty in a compact amount of time. You'll you'll understand what I'm saying here in just a moment. Um, don't don't blink. <laughs> don't. Don't answer the phone or anything while you're doing this, because uh, you'll miss it. That's that's the kind of visit we're about to have here. So, honored to have Dusty Dvorak as our featured guest on the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by SeatGeek. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the show. As promised, Dusty Dvorak, our featured guest on the Black and Blue Report podcast. This Wednesday's better because Dusty's here. Seems like I'm better whenever I work with Dusty, too, and we're eager to have him back in New Orleans this weekend on the national radio call of the Saints and the Steelers. Hello, my friend. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you, man. Uh, can't wait to get back to the Big East this weekend, uh, one of my favorite places. And uh, Last time I was there, I uh, got a chance to share the booth with you and Man, it was a beatdown of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I would have to imagine, Sean, this uh, this Saints team has been on the road the last three weeks, and they able to get two or three with a chance to to lock up the one seat back at home this week. Uh, I would think that players and fan base alike uh, are fired up just like me to get down to uh, uh, New Orleans this weekend. I think they are, Dusty. And, and you you just mentioned something that hit me last night that. If the Saints do what they want to do this weekend, and that's win and lock up that number one seed, they won't be going back on the road again until maybe Atlanta and a Super Bowl. That's a that's a pretty remarkable stretch of home games that could be in front of them here. And in that place, I mean, you know, I, I don't – I would have to put that probably at the very top as far as home field advantage because with that offense on that turf, with those fans, it's just – I mean, you and I see it, man – it turns into a party real quick, and everybody's having fun, and that's just a very difficult team to beat. Offensively, obviously, but the way this defense has been playing, Sean, uh, it makes them even that much more potent and that much more difficult on opposing quarterbacks when they get in third, second, long situations. That, that, that defense, Dusty, has led the NFL now in scoring defense since week four, and here I think in the last five weeks it's down to 12.3 points per ball game. Those numbers, a they're 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 unheard of here in New Orleans. But for most NFL teams, that seems a little ridiculous, don't you think? Uh, absolutely. And how about the rush defense? Right. To me, yep. it starts with that. I mean, as good as there is in the NFL at, at taking away the run game, uh, I think Marcus Davenport. I just I really like that rookie, and I thought you know last night he looked he didn't look like a rookie. He, he's already playing at a higher level. Sheldon Rankins had a great year this year. Cameron Jordan is what he is. I think Alex Anzalone's been great. Uh, for New Orleans this year, Demario Davis has been incredible, and you really got to give, I think, the uh, the front office a lot of credit. That trade for Eli Apple, that's been big time, Sean. And I mean, I think last night you saw it with the nice interception uh, in the end zone. They allow them now to have shut down 
players in the back end. And it's basically Ohio State University, right? And Von Bell playing at an extremely high level in the blitz game. And you saw the effort uh, with, with being able to poke that ball away. So uh, I just think when, when you can cover with Lattimore with Apple on the outside, he's got very athletic um, uh, safeties that can run. It allows you to do so many different things, bring pressure from different places, so zone, run a lot of man, uh, kind of the playbook's wide open for Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, and, and these guys are, are really playing at a high level on all three levels, John. With that, with that being said, let's flip over to the offensive side of the football because certainly I think you and I would agree that the defense has carried here things of late, but should we have questions about the Saints' offense and what they've shown us the last few weeks? Well, I'll tell you what I have questions about, and it's the offensive line. Uh, I hope Max Dunger is able to get back. I, don't, I mean, obviously, it's, it's so fresh. We don't know his status. Uh, but, you know, you could tell last night, Andrew Speed had to move over to left tackle, had to move some guys around. And I, you know, I thought early in the season, especially when, uh, when this offensive line was whole, even before Armstead went down and Bushrod stepped in, I thought it was, they were playing great football. And it allows you to have that balance, run the football with your two backs, and then, you know, utilize the play-action game in Drew. And that's my question. Uh, how healthy is that offensive line? I think we'll have to wait as the week progresses to see exactly what that looks like. But I don't have question marks uh, about Drew. I don't have question marks about these receivers. Really, the only question mark I have heading into this Sunday, how healthy is that offensive line going to be? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers do get after the quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. So if, if, if New Orleans isn't quite healthy or they can be exposed, Best look for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers to try to take advantage of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I don't think any of us are going to know until you probably hit town this weekend. Speaking of Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, they're coming off of a nice win over the Patriots. They're still in first place in their division, so they as well have plenty to play for this coming Sunday. And they, they do, and well, they kind of exercised some demons last week, didn't they? I mean, that was that's a Patriots team that they couldn't beat and the game that they had to have off a three-game losing streak. Um, and, you know, really just haven't finished ball games well. And one thing about the Steelers, it's been a bad road team, which doesn't, that's, you don't want to be a bad road team coming into New Orleans, right? And especially with everything that's in front of the Saints and what they'll be playing for on Sunday afternoon. So uh, Steelers are going to have to really put together their best effort and play their best game away from home. Uh, but I, I like their offensive line. You know, James Conner, how healthy he's going to be. I think Jalen Samuels was fantastic last week. I mean, uh, for him to step in as a rookie and go for over 130 yards and have some of the runs that he did, uh, I thought that was really big. Uh, I think it also speaks to the offensive line that we've seen Le'Veon Bell, we've seen James Conner, we're even seeing Jalen Samuels have success. So it tells me those guys are playing at a high level. Should be a good matchup uh, with, with the front seven of New Orleans. And, you know, really, uh, I think Antonio Brown, I mean, he, you know, 13 touchdown catches this year. He's been fantastic, but uh, the thing is, is if you try to take him away and double him, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is fully capable. I think James Washington has been an untapped resource as a rookie at wide receiver. He had a big game and a couple of nice catches against New England. And they've added Vance McDonald. So Vance McDonald, I think, is probably as good a tight end weapon in the passing game as they've had in several years for Big Ben. So uh, he still has a plethora of weapons, and, and there's no question uh, they're going to challenge this New Orleans defense. I think it really comes down to Big Ben, though, Sean, because he just hasn't been quite the same accuracy and turning the football over away from home. So, uh, you know, that same pass rush going to affect him or try to affect him a lot. And I think the uh, the crowd as well. So uh, that'll be – I hate to put it all on one guy, but uh, Big Ben's going to have to step into the dome and, and really play well 
uh, for them to try to pull off the upset. And he's had big games before. Um, you're right, but he has struggled this year quite a bit. Dusty, it's been a while since you and I saw them in person when we did that game. I think it was, what, late September, I guess, uh, at their place. Two or three, I yeah. think. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying two. to remember what I studied most about their defense. Can you help me there? As far as it was what now, I'm sorry? The Steelers' defense. I'm trying to remember what I studied most yeah. about them, and I'm, I'm needing your help. Well, they're getting after the quarterback. Uh, you know, Cameron Hayward's a, a really solid player inside. I think T.J. Watt's having a breakout year. J.J. Watt's little brother, first-round pick from a couple years ago. Good edge rusher. And, that you know, that I think they will definitely be putting him to the side, to that left side, you know, depending on who's over there. If Andrew Speed has to be over there, that's a matchup to watch because T.J. Watt, um, you know, relentless pass rusher like his brother, different size. You know, he's more 6'4", 250. He's got good first step, and he can really bend hard. And, you know, like a, a, a Watt Wood, he's going to play through the whistle. So, uh, But he, he's having a great season. Uh, I just think overall up front, stepping step to it's a solid player for him, Cameron uh, Hayward. Um, on the back end, they've been they've been solid. You know, Joe Hayden's you know, typically a, a really good cornerback. But uh, I, I think the best thing that they do defensively is, is pressure the quarterback. And they will bring some exotic blitzes. They will run some uh, a lot of man pressures. But they also feel like they can get there. Uh, with just some of the guys up front and to it, Hayward as well as Watt. So um, susceptible to getting the ball run on them. Uh, and I still think that there's a few questions for me uh, at the safety position. But uh, it's been a group that's uh, been improved. They played really well a week ago uh, against New England, but definitely one that if um, if the offensive line can come together, I think it's, it's a defense that uh, the Saints offense back at home uh, is going to have some good opportunities to, to put up some big numbers. Dusty Dvorak's here with us. Hey, Dusty, have you watched your former team, the Chicago Bears, at all? Absolutely, I have. The defense is back in Chi-Town, man. The monsters of the Midway uh, are legit. And, you know, I mentioned the Eli Apple trade. Uh, I think you got to give Ryan Pace and, and the front office just huge credit uh, for pulling off that Khalil Mack trade when they did before the season. It was instant impact that first night, and it's been all the way through. And this Bears defense can – uh, they, they can win the line of scrimmage, and they can take the football away better than anybody in the NFL this season. So it, it'll be interesting. You know, the Rams have a favorable schedule. Uh, they could easily get to two. But if Chicago can somehow, uh, if the Rams trip up these next few weeks and Chicago could steal that two seed, it's going to be a lot more difficult on teams. Uh, as the Saints would know, back when I played in Chicago uh, in 06, they had to come through there for the Super Bowl. January in Chicago is it's, it's some good home field advantage. So uh, if Chicago is able to get there, that could be interesting. It could be uh, potentially a, a, a Bears-Saints uh, type NFC matchup. But uh, it's just great to see that town, um, you know, win the division again. That, that organization's on track. I think uh, Nagy's done a, a heck of a job. I still have some questions and reservations, I think, about Mitchell Trubisky. He's been solid. He's athletic. I still not fully sold that he's ready to take them to a Super Bowl. But that defense is ferocious, uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch as a former Bears defender. Speaking of your former teams, before I let you go here, Dusty, I do, I do feel the need to ask you about the Oklahoma Sooners and what lies ahead for them in the college football playoff. Now, try and be somewhat objective here. Can you help me understand what Oklahoma's got in front of them? with regard to the semifinal matchup with Alabama? Well, they've got the best team in college football in front of them. Uh, you know, a team that is as is, is balanced as there is in, in college football. 
Uh, if there's an offense that you can even put in the conversation with Oklahoma's in the country, it'd be Alabama. Uh, you know, really solid everywhere you look. They got some of the best players in the country on the offensive line. Uh, Tua Vailoa could have easily won the Heisman Trophy, and nobody should have griped. Uh, he's, you know, athletic and really throws the football down the field as good as Nick Saban's had since he's been there. Um, you know, the wide receiver Judy won the Belitnikoff. Uh, I mean, just you name it. They've got about four running backs that they can plug and play. And and what makes this offense different, they'll tempo as well as they'll spread you out and they'll throw it around. Uh, this isn't your five years ago Nick Saban offense where they're going to line up in the I formation, run the power, run the power, play action pass until it's a tight end. Uh, they utilize the entire field. So with some of the best athletes in all the country, so it's that much tougher to deal with these guys, high-scoring offense Nick Saban's had since he's been there. And then defensively, um, I really like their defensive line. they got one of the best defensive players in Quinn Williams and nose tackle, uh, three techniques that really solid. Raekwon Davis, another potential first-round pick uh, uh, on the defensive line, linebackers that are physical and can run. Uh, I will say I think that they've got some young corners that have been susceptible this year. So uh, I, I do think this Oklahoma offense that is just, ridiculously good mm-hmm. um, best offensive line in college football uh, one of the more electric players I've ever seen at the quarterback spot in Tyler Murray with you know I was with um, um, uh, the Cleveland Browns GM before the Big 12 championship on the sidelines and we were talking about Tyler and he, he referred to him as Russell Wilson uh, and I reminded him about his speed and he said yeah Russell Wilson with Michael Vick's speed and quickness so that's oh, quite the combination um, and, and, you know, Oklahoma's got Marquise Brown, a first-round speech to a receiver. We'll see how healthy he is. Eden Lamb. So that's the matchup, right? And the matchup is uh, how many times um, can, can Oklahoma score on Alabama's defense? And I think it's also just so intriguing. Can this offense under Lincoln Riley and can Kyler Murray in particular with intrigues from the NFL, what does he look like against an NFL-type defense led by Nick Saban and all those players. I think that is just going to be so captivating to watch. I don't think Oklahoma is going to be able to stop Alabama very much. They're going to have to get off the field on third down. They're going to have to create some turnovers. But Oklahoma's been awful defensively this year. That's not going to change before this game, and this will be the best challenge they've had. So um, Oklahoma's going to – if they're going to win this game and stay in this game and pull the upset as 14-point underdogs, they're going to have to win the way that they won in the Big 12. They're going to have to outscore Alabama. It's going to have to be a game played in the high 40s to 50s. Uh, I know Alabama can get there, and I'm intrigued to see if Tyler Murray uh, in this Oklahoma offense can can stay with Alabama against uh, a Nick Saban-led defense. Me too. I have a feeling there will be a lot of Oklahoma Sooner fans all of a sudden in the state of Louisiana. Just know that you'll have some backing down here <laughs> because of that opponent. Dusty, no is, doubt about it. Yep. Absolutely. Dusty, have a great trip to New Orleans. We'll look forward to your call with Adam Amin, National Radio, ESPN Radio, this Sunday, Steelers and Saints. My friend, it was a pleasure, and I really, really appreciate your time this week. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Safe travels. Uh, best of luck to the Pelicans. And, man, i got to tell you, one of my favorite cities in the country to go eat and especially to go watch football. You know, I played in that stadium in 03, and we lost the national championship to LSU. That didn't feel so hot, but every time since I've been back for Sugar Bowls or NFL games, 
Uh, it's my one of my favorite stops to make. So I love the, the passion in the city. I love the food. And I can't wait to get to the Big Easy this weekend, man. Your energy and love fits this place very well, Dusty. Safe travels. All right, very good. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Dusty.